0: It's great to see y'all this morning. I'm Barrett, one of the pastors here, and it is a great day to be together, and it's great to have y'all this morning. I got back Friday night from Serbia, where uh, we as a church sent me this past week uh, to help lead a retreat for uh, ministers in that country. They came from all over the country to Apovo, a little village in Serbia, where there is uh, one of two evangelical seminaries in that whole country, and it was an awesome, awesome, awesome week. Uh, to be with these men and women who serve the Lord so faithfully in this country. They are, they are exhausted in doing good and doing the work of ministry. Um, in places, some of the hardest places in the world that you can imagine being um, as a minister, that they're there in some of these villages that you and I may never, ever go to. And many of them had said they had never, ever, 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 ever had a vacation or a break from ministry. And for them, this past week was just an incredible opportunity to be refreshed and to remember that our life is not about what we do for God, but about what God does for us. Ministers need that reminder constantly, and I guarantee you this morning, you need that reminder too. We face so many pressures in life, and we need to remember that the hope of our life, the life of our life, the purpose of our life, it's not about what we do for God. It's about what God, who he is, and what he has done for us. And his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for all who would believe in him, he does give life, because he went to the cross for you, that we might Not die, but have life with him forever. And I pray this morning, more than anything else we talk about today, that you would know that God does love you. He cares about you so much. And he has done everything from start to finish. He has done it all, all that is necessary to give you a relationship with him. And you just need to surrender your heart to him. Let me pray for us as we get started this morning. Lord, we thank you for today. And we thank you that you are God. There is none besides you. Lord, we know instinctively. Lord, we are all here this morning, whether we're believers, whether we're seekers, maybe just, just showed up wondering what was going on. Lord, we are here, but instinctively we have this knowledge that, Lord, you are real. And, Lord, we need you. Our life is for you, God. Lord, we know that you're God. And, Lord, we thank you that the message of your word, the message of the gospel, the good news, speaks to us the truth of who you are, that you love us. You know us and you love us. And God, though our sin keeps us from you, you have given your son Jesus and his perfect life for us and his willing death for our sins, taking the penalty we deserve, being separated so that we would never have to be. Lord, in his triumphant resurrection from the dead, Lord, in Jesus Christ, Lord, you have provided the way for us to have a relationship with you again. We thank you that you love us, Lord. We thank you. We thank you that our life depends on not what we do for you, but what you have done for us. And Lord, we want to believe more today. We want to surrender ourselves to you. We want to just bow before you with thankful hearts and worshipful hearts, Lord. We want to say you are a great God. And we thank you. Thank you for being our God we thank you for the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Well, welcome. Today is a great day, as it is every day. Anybody feel me? It is a great day. Um, We are celebrating today Student Sunday. If you're a student in the room, will you just say, whoop, whoop? Oh, wow. That was kind of awkward. (laughs) I might should have had you say, uh, or something like that, right? Um, welcome students. This is a time of year where we welcome students to our community. There are like hundreds, I think 500 or more new students that have come into the community in the last few weeks. And we've got another couple hundred, I think coming in in the next week or two. And we love, 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 capital L-O-V-E. We love students. Y'all rock. Seriously. Um, I feel smarter just being around you. And uh, we're grateful that you're here. You make us all better. We really are so proud of you and are so thankful for you. Um, We have a special heart for you and we know in this community, um, you, listen, you're here to do good. I really believe that. Um, I, I want you to know that we... We truly thank you for what you're doing. I believe you got motivated to do what you're doing, not by money or not by pride, but you're motivated because you really do want to make the world a better place. You really do want to live for God and you want to care about other people. And I thank you for what you're doing. What you're about to embark in, or maybe you're in the middle of, it is a lot of work. Can I get an amen? (laughs) It is a lot of work. My goodness. And you're doing it willingly, and you're you're paying lots of money to do it. Y'all are crazy. What are you doing? Um, Just kidding. Um, You're giving lots of money to be able to do this. And the next few years of your life, I know they're going to be exhausting. And it's going to be a good kind of exhausting because at the end of it comes the opportunity to serve a world that needs to know that God is God and needs to know that he loves them and needs to have the practical care that you're going to give. And I just thank you for what um, you're doing. We really are proud of you. And I do want you to know that God loves you. He cares about you very much. And in this season of your life um, is is as much about what he wants to do in your life as it is what you need to learn from a textbook. Now, I know that I could get probably 30 students up here right now and give a testimony to that. A lot of students come in here uh, thinking that it's all about you know, just this school season. And it is about school season and there probably wouldn't be another reason you're here if it weren't for school. But it's more than just learning from a textbook and trying to become that career or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Uh, it is all of your life, including the season, is about God. And God has something special for you in this season. I know you're gonna be tired with school and you're gonna give yourself to that and it's gonna be okay. But don't miss the opportunity to grow in God in this season. I tell you all this because um, we have a school story as well. I didn't come to Memphis for school, but my wife did. whoop. whoop. And she's now a doctor, and she's done. Yay. And I'm so happy that we're not in school anymore, which is why I pity you. Um, (laughs) But I understand you in a good way. I love you. Um, But seriously, we came to Memphis. I'll never forget. My, My wife felt called to medicine as a platform for ministry. She has this, this heart to serve, and many of you guys have that same heart. And I remember it was a years out of school that we went back into school. Uh, God had changed both of our lives in crazy ways. We didn't expect to be doing, I didn't expect to be in ministry. She didn't expect to be in medicine, but God totally wrecked our lives and brought us to this place. She started applying for med schools, and we got the word that she had been accepted in the UT Memphis. Neither one of us were living in Memphis, And I can remember the feeling. It's just like this excitement. Maybe you can relate to this, right? You get the words like, yes! Like, they're going to let me be a doctor. Like, what are they thinking? But this is great. Like, somebody, like, noticed me and wants me. And I can't believe I got in. I mean, just that joy of knowing that your dreams could be realized. I think many of you have that. Then overwhelming, like, thankfulness that, like god did this i don't feel deserving to do this like i'm so thankful for this opportunity i'm so thankful for the opportunity to have this platform to serve and to make our world a better place and just getting excited and being grateful all at the same time and then almost immediately after that this feeling of like anxiety right anybody ever been anxious Yeah. You know, getting into school uh, the first bit of anxiety is like memphis <laughs> how'd your kids had your wife like oh man like what in the world like I man, I remember thinking Memphis was like, I did not want to go there. And boy, was I wrong. If you're listening to this on podcast, we have a wonderful city. Um, but listen, you know, Memphis doesn't have the best reputation. Those of you who are from Memphis, I hate to burst burst the bubble, but Memphis doesn't have the best reputation when you're not from Memphis, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about, but, um, anxiety. And then what is it going to be like? And are we going to be able to pass? And how is this going to work if we're married? And, um, Anyway, all of these things that you don't know about, but I wanna tell you, God is good, and God is faithful, amen? And God can see you through. I'm telling you, you can do it with a smile on your face the whole way. I mean, maybe a couple of days you might not smile, but almost the whole way, a smile on your face, because if you keep your focus on the Lord, I promise you, you will find that he is good. He wants to be your God through this whole season, and he wants to show himself faithful, in your life. And the way that you can know that is not by depending upon yourself, but by depending upon Him and resting in Him and letting Him do in you and through you what you could never do on your own. We are now finished with the school season and in another season of residency. But um, I can look back at those years and think, I'm so thankful for the Lord and all that He did in our life in that season. All that He did in our life in that season. And we have a God story Because by his grace, he allowed us to walk with him. And also, he allowed us to walk with the community of believers uh, through the season of school. And I'm telling you, it made all the difference. So if you're here this morning, I just want to tell you, we love you, we care about you. Students, we're proud of you. Don't do it alone. Okay, that's my word for you. Don't do it alone. There's going to be weeks where you think that studying is going to be more important than your quiet times or more important. than than giving yourself to church or community. And it's not a checklist of things with church that you need to do, but I'm telling you, you need to walk with God and you need to walk with the people of God in this season. Let us love you and support you. We as a church would love to do that. And if you don't come here, I can give you the name of many other good gospel churches that we could recommend to you. But just walk with the family of believers in this season because God wants to carry you through. Amen? Well, that was my welcome to students. <laughs> um, we are also today, as we're kind of in between series, last week we finished up our relate series from the summer, and next week we're going to be starting a new series, which I want to tell you about a little later um, in the message. But today is an intentional opportunity for me to do one thing, and that is to shamelessly plug the fact that you need to be involved in Christian community. Not just students, But all of us as Christians need to be involved in sharing life, sharing faith with other Christians. And it's my one opportunity. I'm I'm just gonna be shameless about it. My goal today is to get you to believe in the ministry of small groups and to get you involved in that ministry. Now, you hear small groups and you might think, one more thing I need to do. I'm not talking about one more thing you have to do. I'm talking about a community of people I want you to believe, at the end of today, from the Word, I want you to believe that a community of believers, you being known in a smaller group of people, you knowing other people in that small group, you sharing life with them, you loving them, you praying with them, them praying for you, that kind of relationship, I want you to believe that it is important in what God is doing in your life and wanting to do in your life. And I want you to commit to get involved in such a community. Okay? That's my ambition. So, um, we're going to be going to the book of Hebrews today. I could take you to many different places in Scripture to teach the exact same thing. But today, we're going to be going to Hebrews. We'll be in chapter 3 and also in chapter 10. And uh, we're not going to, this is going to be a more abbreviated message this morning. Typically, we go through books of the Bible just all the way through. If you want to know more about our church, that's typically how we, we do. We just walk through books of the Bible together. But today, because of the special focus, there's a need to turn to some specific passages and we'll do that in the book of Hebrews. Our vision as a church, as returning, is is simple and we say it repeatedly because we need to remember it. There's a lot of ways you could say it, it's just the way that we speak it because we think it resonates with the language of our community. We say this, we cherish and follow Jesus. And we bring everyone everywhere to do the same. Some churches, you might have heard, they say it, or you, you hear the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, go and make disciples. You know, we, we exist to make this, glorify God by making disciples of all nations. What we say is, just another way to say it, we do, our heart is for God. But the way we say our vision is, is we cherish and we follow Jesus. We bring everyone everywhere to do the same. Cherish is one of those words that you just can't get away from. It, 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 it deep. It's kind of like that deep down feeling that you have in your heart of like loving something with everything that you are. Like if you you can't just say I cherish something if you don't really cherish it, right? It's saying that Christ is our treasure. It's saying that we love Him. He is everything to us. We have a relationship with Him that we value more than anything else in our life. That's what it means for us. To love God. Is that we love him so much. Because he has given in his love for us. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whosoever might believe in him. Would not perish. But have everlasting life. The reality is the trajectory of our life. Is toward death by our own choices. And by our own will. We have we moved toward perishing. But God and his great love for us. Saw to it that we wouldn't perish, but we would have an opportunity for life. And the only way that that could happen is by giving His one and only Son for us, that whosoever might believe in Him and what He has done for us. Again, it's about what God does for us. That we might not perish, but have everlasting life. This is why Jesus says to us, the single greatest commandment is this, that we might love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not that you would do this or that, but that you would have a heart that loves God. Again, it's that feeling that you have with inside. It's a love relationship. The vision that we have as a church is to see that me and you and everybody around you, that we have a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we were created for, to love our God. So we cherish and we also follow Jesus. What it means to be a disciple, which Jesus always is calling disciples. If you read the Gospels, he's, you know, you want to come and be my disciple, what does that mean? You know, we use that word like, well, what does that mean? Well, the word in Greek, mathetes, just simply means a learner, a follower, one who follows in the dust of his master's feet. A disciple is one who not only loves their master, but also gives their life to follow him. That's why Jesus is always calling people to come, come, follow me, believe in me, follow me. So not only do we love the Lord, but we follow him. We can't separate our love from our life because the things that you love, you give your life to. Would y'all agree with that? Like, I love Georgia football. So, on Saturdays, when Georgia's playing football, guess what I give my life to? When I can. Georgia football. Anybody? Go dogs? Anybody? Okay, two. That's great. Um, I love my wife. Uh, therefore, I give my money. <laughs> lots of it to love my wife right to take her out to make her feel special to make her feel valued if my life didn't show a love for my wife then you wouldn't really believe that I loved her the same is true for us in the Lord we cherish him but we also follow him with our life and not only that but we love him so much that we bring everyone everywhere to do the same it's contagious you naturally talk about the things that you love right you do and that's what our life is about as believers. So, the question is, with this as our vision, how, what is the best way? How can we accomplish this the best? If I'm trying to tell you today, and I'm talking to each one of you, you need to cherish the Lord Jesus with all your heart. And you need to follow him with all your life. This is what God wants for you. You need to live on mission for him. You need to live with a contagious kind of lifestyle that others want to come and be a part of it, that you're moving toward others to bring them to be a part of it. How can you do this the best? Well, the answer to that question, I firmly believe, is small groups. Living life in clusters of community with other Christians. This is the way that God wants to do this in So we're gonna go to Hebrews today and see that not from Barrett, but from scripture. Hebrews chapter three is where we'll start. Everybody got a scripture? If not, it'll be on the screen. And we'll start in verses, uh, well, we'll start verse 12. This is God's word. He says, take care, brothers, Lest there be in any of you an evil and unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence to the end. If you flip over to Hebrews chapter 10, there's two more verses that I'd like for us to consider together. Starting in verse 23. God tells us here, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and to good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. A couple of quick things that I think we should note from these two very important passages of scripture. They're gonna be on the screen. If you've got something to write with, I always encourage you to write it down or you've got a phone, you can put it in your notes. Be a learner of the word so that you can be a doer of it, not just a hearer of it. The first thing is this. Why, the question is, why should we be involved in small groups? And the first one is this, is because we want, we really need to endure in the faith until the end. We want and need to endure in the faith until the end. Now, the interesting thing is that in both of these passages, it speaks as if enduring faith is a necessary ingredient to our salvation. And what we find in the scripture is actually that that is, in fact, true. Jesus in John 10, you know, of course, says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Whoever the Father gives into my hand, no one can ever take them out of my hand. Our Lord is a Lord that those he saves, he also keeps. He is able and he is faithful to keep us until the very end. But the same loving Lord who said that also said in Matthew chapter 24 that he who endures to the end will be saved. He who endures to the end will be saved. Who is saved? Well, yes, those who trust the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have been saved by his grace, but also those who endure to the end. There's a condition that we should endure to the end. If you look back at Hebrews chapter 3, what you see, verse 14, it says, For we have come to share in Christ if, if indeed, We hold our original confidence firm to the end. If you go back to Hebrews 10, by the way, we're gonna be doing this a lot, flipping back and forth, so you just put your finger in one or two places, right? He says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So in other words, we need to make sure, you have responsibility, I have responsibility, to make sure that our faith stays strong That our love stays strong, that our hope stays unmoved in Jesus until the very end. We don't need to assume that it's just a guaranteed thing. We need to press on this thing. We should want, with all of our hearts, to stay in faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. We should want that. And we should realize that we need to give attention to that. Again, the scripture speaks in conditions. If you should make sure that you don't lose it, stay in the faith until the end. That's the first thing that we need small groups for. It's because we need help to stay in faith until the end. The second thing is this. Life is hard. Sin, I mean, temptations are real. And sin is destructive. Life is hard, temptations are real, and sin is destructive. Many of you guys know this. I mean, I know from the last season of our life, and even right now, there are things in life that are just hard. Would you agree? I mean, there are days that it's just hard to get up and get going. There are seasons of life where it's hard to move through with your head up, it's hard sometimes to find hope and to find joy and to find a reason to keep going. Circumstances, other people, just life, it is tough. Jesus himself acknowledged it and said, "You know, you are my disciples and I want you to know that in this world you are going to have many troubles." He didn't try to hide from us that there are going to be things in life that are difficult. He says, "Take heart. Take heart for I have overcome the world." Life is hard. But there is a way through it in relationship with the Lord Jesus. Temptations also are real. If you look back at Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 12 says, be careful lest any of you have an evil and unbelieving heart. There's an opportunity, it says, for your heart to be led astray. He goes on and in verse 13 says, be careful that none of you would be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. The reality is, you and your life are going to face temptations. On a daily basis, you are going to have opportunities to fall away from the living God. Whether you're in school, listen, if you're in school right now, I guarantee you one of the biggest temptations that you will face is to try to do things on your own. To try to just make it without the Lord. To try to somehow think that you can get through school keeping, you you want a relationship with God and I know that you want a relationship with God and you know that too. But somehow putting that on the back burner, just barely simmering, so that you can pass get through school and then you'll come back to have that vibrant relationship with God again. That's going to be a temptation in your life. To neglect showing up on Sundays when a lot of your classmates who aren't believers are hiding away in the library, getting two additional hours of study time when you're here worshiping. That's going to be a temptation for you. You are going to be tempted in your heart toward doing what you know you shouldn't do or from neglecting pursuing in a greater way your relationship with God in the workplace. Many of us are faced with temptations every day. To to laugh at things that God despises. To um, cut corners and not do things with all of our heart. um, To I mean you you name it you know the temptations that you face. In our very materialistic sexual society there are temptations that bombard you all the time toward pride or toward uh, materialism and wealth and Just gaining everything in this world and giving yourself over to that in such a degree that you forfeit the things that God wants for you or has for you, or even giving yourself to things sexually that you know aren't beneficial for you, aren't the will of God for you, that take you away from the Lord. There are temptations in this world, and you don't need to be blind to them. This is what the scripture is saying. It's one of the reasons that you need a group of believers to walk with you, is because first, life is hard. Second, temptations are real. And they really are trying to pull you away from what you need the most. And that is a vibrant relationship with God. And third, sin is destructive. Hebrews chapter three says, be careful about the deceitfulness of sin lest you be led to fall away from the living God. Oh, there are so many friends in my life that today I get tears thinking about who started in sin thinking, oh, it's not really a big deal. Nobody knows I'm doing that late at night. Nobody sees that. Nobody, or even if they do see it, it's not a big deal. You know, I can, I can handle that just once or twice a week or once or twice a month. Or, you know, being around that group is, is fun. And eventually, sin has the tendency to creep up in your heart and to creep up in your life in a way that it begins to consume you and actually lead you to fall away from the living God. There's a destructive cycle of sin. And the Lord wants us to see these things. Your life is hard. These temptations are real. And sin really does have an effect on your life. Don't think that it doesn't. It's prone toward destruction if you give yourself over to it. So you need a support system. You need a community. Third, we see this. We need frequent encouragements and reminders of God. If you look back at Hebrews chapter 3. Excuse me, chapter 10. Verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast our confession, the confession of our hope, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good deeds. Not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as the day draws near. Something similar is spoken in Hebrews chapter 3. It says that we need to exhort, in verse 13, exhort one another, encourage one another every day. Listen, one of the things you need every day is a cheerleader in your life. Wouldn't that just be great? Y'all know the cheerleaders, right, that are like, cheer for your favorite sports teams. Um, Wouldn't it be great if they, like, were in your room every morning when you woke up? Like, yay, you can do it, you know? And they're just, like, calling your name and cheering you really loud and, um, some, of the, some of you think that's inappropriate to have a, cheer, a cheerleader wake you up every morning. But listen, what I'm trying to say, uh, if you didn't think it was inappropriate, now you do. Um, sorry about that. Um, anyway, every day though, how great would it be if you had somebody just cheering you on and telling you that... That God can do this. Like the thing that you're called to do. Like God can do it. He is faithful. Like he will provide everything that you need. Like this is what you're going to face today. But if you give your heart to God and you surrender to him. You will see that he will come through for you. The Lord Jesus loves you this morning. Good morning. He loves you. That hasn't changed. You're, you're a dirty rotten sinner. He knows that. And he still loves you. Give your heart to him today. It's going to be a great day with God. Anybody want to sign up for that cheerleader every morning? I know I do, you all right? Um, by the way, I'm available if you need me in. Um, <laughs> uh, the outfit not included though. Anyway, what the Bible says is that one of, the, one of the benefits, one of the things we need in life is that we need encouragement every day, frequent encouragement and reminders not just that you're a great person. No, you're not that great, although you are great. I love you. But what we need is to remember that God is a great God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? Because if, you, if you're so strong in your hope or if you're such a good person or if you just work more for God, then you will find what you need. No, that's not what it says. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Amen? He is faithful. Therefore, let us encourage one another. Stir each other up, right? It's it's that picture of stirring up something that's sitting and stagnant. You know, like that soup that you leave on the stove for too long and it just looks gross. But when you stir it, man, it's starting to look good again. Let's stir each other up, encouraging one another, all the more as the day approaches, reminding each other that God is faithful. He's the one that we need. We need this. And it happens in small it happens in small groups. Number four, when the aim is heart transformation, preaching is not enough. Hmm, let me say it again. When the aim is heart transformation and life transformation, preaching is simply not enough. Now, I believe that you love coming here on Sundays because ICC has a wonderful preacher. It was a joke. Yeah, you can laugh. Um, I do believe that many of us are greatly helped, greatly helped by the administration, the ministry of the word of God on Sundays or whenever you hear it preached, that we are greatly helped and moved by God. Our lives begin to change. We see this throughout scripture that God's word is used by God's spirit in a grace-filled, powerful way to make changes in the lives of his people. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, this is what you see. There's a familiar passage in 2 Timothy. If you wanna hold your place in Hebrews and look at it with me, you can look at it. If not, I'll just read it. Verse 16, it says, all, chapter three, Verse 16, 2 Timothy. All scripture is breathed out by God. And it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So you say, well, why isn't preaching enough? Well, I happen to believe, there's another guy who said it, and I I can't take credit for this saying, But circles are much better than rows, okay? Because preaching is important. It's important to know what the Word of God says. But you're not just called to be a hearer of the Word, but you're called to be a doer of the Word. You're not just called to be an intellectual understander of all the true things about God, but you are called to love God in all of those true things and to walk with God in all the things that He says to walk in. And what I know and what the Bible knows is that you cannot do that just sitting here week in, week out, only on Sunday mornings in rows. You need to sit in circles with other believers and take the word of God that is preached faithfully, I pray every week, and apply it, struggle with it, wrestle with it, minister to each other with it, learn to live in it with your whole life. You want it to work down to the bottom of your heart and to the tips of your fingertips. Because if it doesn't, you're wasting your time on Sundays. You don't just need to hear it. You need to love it, and you need to live it. You understand? First Corinthians chapter 12 says that God gives everyone a manifestation of the Spirit. Everyone in the church, every one believer, every person you sit with in small group has a piece of the Holy Spirit. Why? For the common good. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 22 speaks not just about preachers, but about every person. It says that God has given some parts of the body that seem to be weaker to be indispensable. Every member of the body is indispensable for the work that God wants to do in the body. What it means is that you are an important part of what God is wanting to do in my life and in what the person's life beside you and the person that sits around you in small group. We all are important to one another pastor's jobs is to equip the saints Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 equip the saints for the work of ministry we're called to minister to each other that's why Hebrews chapter 3 and, verse, and chapter 10 say they, what they say is that we need a heart transformation and the way to have a heart transformation is to give your heart let it be known Let it be helped. Let others minister to you in a smaller cluster of Christians. You've got to work this out in your life that you might truly love him and that you might truly live for him. Preaching is just simply not enough for that wonderful grace of ministry that God wants to use in your life. You understand? Now, finally, we get to this. So, what... what do we need then? What are these scriptures encouraging us to do? What's the answer to these things? I mean we know we know that we should endure in the faith till we end till the end. We should want this, we need this. We know that life is hard, that temptations are real, that sin has the possibility of being destructive. We know that we need frequent encouragements and exhortations, cheerleaders to love God and to trust in Him and to continue to hope in His faithfulness. We know that we need our hearts and our lives transformed, not just to sit in rows, but to to actually live this out in our life, to work it out. So what's the answer? Well, the answer is that we should share life and faith with other Christians. That's the answer. One of the greatest gifts of God, and I don't want you to neglect the grace here, God is a good God. He's a grace-filled God, and He gives good gifts to His people. One of the biggest gifts of God for you in your life is to have other Christians who know you, who love you, who pray with you, who live life with you, who are there for you, to encourage you and exhort you, to help you when things are hard, to remind you that temptations are real and sin is destructive, and to help see that your faith endures until the end. That is a gift of God in your life. And it doesn't just happen for me to you on Sundays. It happens when you begin to live in smaller clusters of groups with other Christians. What a gift to be able to live life and share faith with other believers. That's why Hebrews chapter three, when he's telling us to take care, because all of these other things are true, verse 13, he says, make sure then that you live life, share life with other people, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. That implies that you're known and you also know other Christians. You cannot do this together and exhort one another unless you have this kind of relationship with other Christians. Christians. That's why in Hebrews chapter 10, it says in verse 24, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together. That's 25. As it is a habit of some. He's saying there's going to be some people that they hear this message and they're going to say, oh, well, you know, it's not really for me. I don't really need that. It's gonna be the habit of some not to have this kind of community, but he says, don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. Don't neglect to meet together as it is habit of some, but rather encourage one another all the more. Find more ways to intentionally involve yourself in this kind of Christian community. And again, it's an effort. It's you taking initiative and going, okay, uh, I know that I need this, I really do want this. I'm gonna make an effort to be known and to know, to live life, to share faith with other Christians and a smaller group of community because I know that circles are better than rows. I really believe that that is how one of the graces, of how God is gonna help me through all of these things. And the Lord says, yes, that's what I want you to do. Don't neglect it. It's one of the graces that I have for you in your life. Now, where does that land us today? Well, it just so happens that we have small groups. (laughs) Isn't that convenient? Um, It just so happens that today is small group sign up Sunday. Um, Listen, we don't do this to try to make you busy people. We don't do this to make ourselves feel better about the involvement of our church. We don't do this for any other reason, then we really believe, we really believe that it's in living in this kind of community with other people that God is going to minister to you the most, that you're going to see the most transformation in your life. And that's the word we use around here, transformation. We want to be changed people. We believe that this is how God's going to fulfill his vision in your life, that you might cherish and follow him and bring others to do the same. We really believe it such that we have room this fall for you. We have a group for you. Don't think of it as another checklist activity. Think of these, these the, when I say small groups, I want you to see faces of people that are gonna get to know you and love you, pray for you and support you in your life. And that's what you need. Not every week are you gonna be able to go. Not every week will you be able to prepare. You know, it, It's not like added responsibility. I want you to see this as a joy, This is going to make your life better, not harder. This is going to be a gift for you. And we have them set up. Our groups meet once a week for about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half a week. And then, of course, you share life together. It's more than just that one meeting, but that is the one time they all come together. And it's really awesome because our groups trail along with what we do on Sundays. Next week, we're going to be starting a a new study. Like I told you, we go through books of the Bible. And our book for this fall is going to be the book of Romans. We're starting a foundation, I mean, a series next week called Foundations. I'm uber excited about it, as I usually am. Um, But I really am. This book is one of the best books in all the scripture. It is the best. I mean, it is full of foundational truths, gospel, precious, treasured truths, that we need to know and we need to love and we need to give our life to. It is gonna be so helpful for you and for our church in this next season. In small groups, what do you do? Well, you show up, you get to hang out. You get to eat food almost every week. That's my favorite part. You get to eat and hang out together. Michelle and I have gotten involved. I started in a men's group. That, those men became some of the closest friends in my life when we got to Memphis years and years ago. Now we're involved in a couples group and they're some of the closest friends in our life to this day. We love them. We share life with them. We've had babies with them. I mean, you know what I'm saying. They had babies at the same time we had babies. Um, we, we love getting together with our small group. They are our friends. So what we do when we get together, we eat, we hang out. We, we say, you know what, this week, this happened and it sucks. <laughs> or I'm really struggling with this. Or I don't know how to do this with my kid. I mean, that happens very frequently, right? Or somebody died in my family this week. Whatever it is going on, we share that together. And we sit around and we pray for each other. and We help each other. Encourage each other. And then what we do is we take what we've done on Sundays and we talk about it even more. So what does that mean for our life? What is, and God, what God was saying, like, how does that work itself out? And we just talk together about how the truth of God's word actually intersects our life so that we can be transformed by it. So we don't just want to be hearers. We want to be doers. And it's an awesome blessing to actually go deeper in the word like that and then to make commitments together, to, to walk in the things that God has shown us. It's pretty simple. Uh, we've got some guides. I'm super excited about this. For this next series, we have guides. They're like 70 pages. Get excited. It's got the whole outline from now to December 14th. Every single week, what it's got, it's got space. Oh, there's a letter from me. That's enough just for you to wanna to get this. Um, You can just put this, you read it every night, you know. Um, Just kidding. It's got space for every single week of the series. It's got the scripture. It's got space for you to write sermon notes. On the other page, it's got space for you to write notes from your small group to write down prayer requests and life commitments. Then every week, it's got a daily reading guide. If you want to seek to spend time with God every day, we've actually written down how you could do that in the book of Romans on a daily basis. It's got a weekly scripture uh, memorization verse that you can use, and it's got space for you to do prayer journaling and stuff like that the whole series is in here you can get these guides next week we're going to sell them for five dollars because it costs us a lot to print them and we want you to value them that's not very much money if you can't afford it i'll just give it to you but it's going to be a blessing what you're going to do in group is you're going to walk together in the things that god shows us on sundays and then it's i'm telling you if you've never done it just try it it's an awesome encouragement What we've seen from the word this morning is this one of God's graces and gifts. One of his designs for you is to have this kind of fellowship and community with other believers. And I really believe today that if you're willing just to try to walk down this road, God will bless you, will grow you, will give you more joy. Always, God is after your joy when he instructs you to do things. He will give you joy in life and walking, not in rows, but in circles. Okay? I want to real quickly, as we close our service today and our time in the word recognize our group leaders who are going to make their way to the lobby to meet you so that you can meet them and sign up for groups. We've got several groups this year. Uh, We've got, they're all on the screen. Couples groups, there's going to be two groups this year. I'll start with Jordan and Audrey. They're right here. Will you just raise your hand? Jordan and Audrey, you can go talk to them. There's going to be a couples table up back. They lead one of the couples groups um, that meets in Midtown. Michelle and I and uh, another couple who's not here today because of one of their best friend's weddings, Jason and Caitlin Vassar, lead the other couples group that also meets in Midtown Sunday nights at 6 o'clock p.m. We would love, love, love if you're a couple engaged or married to have you in couples groups this fall. Find us outside. We've got a retirement seniors group that meets Mondays at 3 o'clock p.m. The the pastors of the church rotate teaching that group. It's at the Glenmary in Midtown. If that applies to you, we would love, love, love to have you with that one. This year we have two groups for working women because last year our one group got too big and we had to birth a new group out of it. Laura Netton is right here and she's raising her hand. Laura and Kara will be leading a group on Tuesday nights at six o'clock, 6.30, 6.30. And Brandy, who's right there, um, and Beth Brown are gonna be leading the other group that meets Wednesday nights at 6.30. So if you're working women, one of them is on the island, one of them is in East Memphis go talk to Laura or Brandy after church. We have four, not one, not two, not three, but four student groups, two of them guys and two of them girls. All of them meet on Wednesday nights at, what's it say, seven o'clock, here at the church. They have a great time of fellowship together and then they break up into those different groups all throughout the campus here. Um, Our student group leaders, for the guys, we have Eric Linkus and Patrick, Jones and Jonathan Van Cleve. For the girls we have, where is Lindsay? Lindsay. And we have Leah who just walked in. Is that my daughter? Yay, it is. Leah's been in the nursery and she's holding my daughter and that makes me happy. Um, Those girls and guys can talk to you after church today at the student table. If you're a student, we want you to be involved and to be helped. You can go and talk to one of these student leaders. We have a coffee and conversation group that's a co-ed group. That meets Wednesdays at 6.30 on Mud Island in Cafe Eclectic. There will be a table out there for that. And then also the working men's group, Rob Hodum, is raising his hand here at the front. If you're a man ooh and you want to go to Chick-fil-A and eat some gravy biscuits or chicken biscuits with us on... Friday mornings at 6.30. We would love to have you in our men's group and it is a wonderful fellowship. I am in that small group. Rob is my small group leader. This is how important I'm telling you these groups are. I need the group too. And I just, if you're a man, uh, I would love to have you join us with Rob. He will be out in the lobby as well. I want you to pray right now as we close our service. And just ask God, God, would you please give me a group of Christians that can know me and I can know them and I can share life with them and I can pray with them that i might not fall away from you that i might be encouraged to remember that you are god and you are faithful and i need you that i that i might be able to avoid temptation and avoid sin that i might be helped when life is difficult that i could endure to the end god would you give me a community of christians that would play this role in my life because lord i believe that you say this is important and i'm choosing to